You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If. We are still in February, meaning we are still in our love month for comic books. Isn't that right? Yeah, yeah. One of the amazing things about superheroics and secret identities is the ever so abundant struggle of love <laughs> that leads to happiness that leads to the next issue. I mean, <laughs> it's true. Uh, I mean, they often put on their costumes or armor and, you know, it's 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 usually a trope to put in like, hey... I've armored off my heart. <laughs> uh, but this week, uh, let's see, the first two weeks of the, of the month, we did uh, number one couple of the DC universe, Superman and Lois. Number one, second week was number one couple of uh, Marvel, Reed and Sue. Now we're going to talk about the ever-revolving door. The James Bond. The James <laughs> Bond of the DC universe, Batman and his love life, how it's it's hit a lot of different names yeah and it's uh i mean i I guess we're kind of settling in at the moment with selena as with catwoman you know well that's it's interesting and i gotta say i'm really excited that uh so yeah that was definitely a tom king thing Mm -hmm. you know it's like okay um but i was really surprised with james tinian the fourth coming in that he kept it. Like I've, I've seen those two still palling around in the, the comics. But again, that could be because they're like, hey, we're going to have this Bat-Cat miniseries, so don't F it up. And once the miniseries concludes, is that going to be what it is? Yeah. Yeah, because like I, I think um, it's funny. Uh, in Tom King's run, I think it was Batman Annual 2. Um, he had the, the, the story about an older Bruce Wayne and an older Selina Kyle and how they're, you know, they're together. And with old man bat old man bruce or whatever you want to call him um, <laughs> like he's basically like he's coming to his final days you know it's like yeah i'm like my memory's going my body's dying you know here's where we're at and so they're together and it it made me think about kind of what jeff johns did when he ended his run on green lantern mm. uh, green lantern like the rebirth issue issue 19 um well, not Green Lantern Rebirth, but part of the no, the New Fifty Two. There we go. Green Lantern or the New Fifty Two Green Lantern series uh, issue nineteen was Jeff Johns' last issue, and he did one of those like you know the bookend, the Rebirth to Rebirth and stuff like you know he had all that neat stuff, but he also had the same thing where it was an old Hal and an old Carol, and it's like ah you know they're gonna end up together. You know you see these old hands holding each other with the rings on them, uh, the power rings, not wedding rings, right? right. <laughs> but power rings on it and whatnot. But then it's like now in the current continuity. You know, Hal and Carol, you know, they're about as close as you and somebody well far away. (laughs) So obviously editorial mandates, new writers come along, so they change stuff. So, but yeah, I'm very curious to see uh, what's going to happen with Batcat. Yeah. How long? Okay. And And we'll we'll have to, maybe we'll get a glimpse into what happens with them as we look into the past for Bruce Wayne's love life. But before we get to that, we have to, on New Comic Book Day, talk about what is on 
the spinner rack. Yes. Okay. So here it is. Wonderful Wednesday and you've got a wallet full of money. What are you going to do with it? Well, hopefully you're buying comics because that's the smart choice. Uh, from DC comics, we have Aquaman issue 57. Um, you know, they always say love is in the air, but it's also in the sea. So we see a very, on the cover, we see a very pregnant Mara and Aquaman and Mara are getting ready to bring another Aqua baby into this world. So that's the ultimate uh, union of their love. So that's very, very exciting stuff. Batman 89 will be out as well, continuing uh, James Tinian IV's brand new run on the current Batman series. Deceased is back. It's Deceased Unkillables, part one of three. Uh, I'm, I guess with this one, it's not necessarily a sequel. But it's going to be like, well, all the heroes were doing this. What were some of the anti-heroes and villains doing at the same time? So it's very much a companion series to it. Uh, looks really good. Beautiful art. And Tom Taylor, you can't go wrong with that man. He's a just beautiful writer. Uh, if you're trying to save some money, there's Dollar Comics. So you can get The Flash Rebirth number one. This was the comic that explained, well, not even explained, and it wasn't the return of Barry Allen, but it was just the Rebirth series. Mm-hmm. Um, so this has now made it to the Dollar Comics style of things. So if you're trying to save some cash, there you go. Uh, Dollar Comics, the new Teen Titans number two will be out. So there's this character that everybody's excited about. Um, God, what's his name? He's so unique. Uh, Deathstroke. <laughs> so anyways, Deathstroke, this is a reprinting of his first appearance. So if you actually want to get a first appearance of his, go for it. And what's actually really exciting about these dollar comics and even on the other side of the fence with marvel's um oh god i can't think of what they call their their dollar series but those like people are buying them and cg seeing them at or like high rates like 9.8 and higher and stuff like that they're like expensively like they're they're it's a great investment it's oh insane. wow yeah because it's for like, a dollar yeah because yeah, you're not gonna be able to get the original one you know like i think i got lucky i got deathstroke's first appearance um God, I bought this a couple years back. Um, I think I got it for like under 50. And that was such a surprise. You know, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I got this, you know. Um, But yeah, now it's like, holy crap, these things, when they go on the secondary market, they go nuts. Because I decided to pick up one of these, uh, you know, the Deathstroke one. So I was like, oh, well, you know, I'll get the companion one with Deadpool. And I went and looked. I thought I'd ordered it and I didn't. Mm. So not only did that Deadpool one, it got the first printing, it got a second printing, and then it got a replica uh, facsimile edition. It was like, holy crap. So I was like, well, I'll just buy the dollar one. That way they're companion, companion. I had to spend 10 bucks to get that thing. Whoa. Yeah. So there's an investment. So something to think about because Deathstroke is huge. Um, so yeah. All right. Moving along. Uh, if you're a fan of Doom Patrol, there was a run by John Byrne that was very interesting, and that is being collected as an omnibus edition. So if you want to see these characters written by, well, John Byrne, he's a very, very famous guy, uh, did a lot for the X-Men. He was part of that group of creative that helped launch them into some wild stuff. So get to check him out on his own with the Doom Patrol. Now, this is going to be a big book I recommend you pick up. Flash Forward, number six of six. So... There's been a lot of talk about this whole G5 thing. What does it mean? You know, so a lot of people, the fifth generation of superheroes. So you want to think about it as, let let me try to frame it in maybe with familiar names and faces. So think like Alan Scott, Jay Garrick would be generation one. Uh, Superman and Batman would be generation two. Uh, Wally West, Kyle Rayner would be generation three. Uh, Tim Drake, uh, Bart Allen would be generation four. And then... Damian Wayne and John Kent would be Generation 5. So that's okay. how we want to think about those. So they're finally starting to put that continuity together and they're going to just, it's going to change everything that we know about DC. Like this is a major, major thing and it's exciting. Hopefully it'll be exciting. Hopefully it'll be on time. Uh, <laughs> by the time they put it out, oh, we got to change the continuity again. But anyways, Wally 
is going to be a big focal point on this because this year's free comic book day, so the first Saturday in May, go get yourself one. I believe they're going to call it Generation Zero or something like that, and that's going to basically launch everything, and it's almost considered like Flash Forward Issue 7. So, yeah, this miniseries turned out there was some big stuff. So oh, wow. your Heroes in Crisis might start having a bigger impact. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. I also saw, I, I think I saw, I, I know I saw, uh, they're revisiting Dark Knight or not Dark Knight. Oh, a uh, metal. Yeah. Yeah. Metal. Yes. Dark Knight's metal. Yes. Yeah. The, it's it's going to get a sequel. I forget what they call it, but it, it seems like this time the major focal point will obviously be Wonder Woman. So right. they're going to try to time that around the movie. Um, yeah. We see a very like barbarian esque Superman, Batman and Wonder Woman. So yeah, it's, it's getting a sequel. I don't know what it's going to do. I don't know how it's going to tie into stuff. Uh, it's more right now just being celebrated as like the big, like, I don't know if it's going to be Scott Snyder's final DC work, because I think he wants to do a lot more independent stuff. But, like, this might be, like, the last teaming of him and Greg Coppolo for DC, okay. at least for a while. <laughs> but, yeah, so, yeah, big, big thing there will happen. Um, I don't know. Like, I might be, this might be an unpopular opinion, but I didn't like Dark Knight's Metal. I just didn't care for the ending. Like, I just, it all just seemed very jumbled to me. Um, yeah, I agree with that. If it, it was, you know, it's, it, it was interesting stuff. It, I mean, certain things happened, but it's just, yeah, there was, there wasn't enough for it for me to be like, wow, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Well, to me, it was like, it, it started off as a neat idea and I was, I was following it and I bought all the tie in issues, even though I told myself, don't do it. <laughs> uh, the tie ins that I almost didn't buy were actually the tie ins that I liked. The tie ins that I thought I would like sucked. Um, so my radar was all over the place wrong with that one. And, but to me, the final outcome of it, it just, it felt forced mm-hmm. and it felt like it didn't matter. Yeah, and especially with the age of heroes launching after the fact, like the only book still in existence is the Terrifics. The Terrifics, but yeah. you know that there's nothing new there. I mean, somebody was just smart and saying like, "Hey, let's form a team of superheroes," and you know they got a great roster, so it's like fantastic. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like none of that. It seems like none of that nth metal stuff or whatever the. Oh my god! Yeah, the crazy kerfuffle of thoughts that they put into yeah, that. all that stuff. None, none of that seemed to have come out of anywhere. Um, definitely didn't seem like. Uh, was Barbados that if that was a thing? I mean, I guess we got we got the man, the Batman who laughs out of it, right? Yeah, no, and that which, was that was pretty much in the dark the multiverse. Thing. Like that, yeah. that's the, all that stuff keeps seems to keep coming up. But other than that, nothing really seemed to yeah. be. I mean, like I'm sure if I was reading Scott Snyder's Justice League run, it uh-huh. would probably have more impact because he definitely he you know it seems like it's like. And again, maybe this is why I don't have too much stock in it. So go back and read Final Crisis. I think that helps. Read Final Crisis because that's just the craziness of Grant Morrison. <laughs> then read Dark Knight's Metal because now that's Scott Snyder doing his craziness. And even Grant Morrison came in. He did a one shot for for that thing. Uh, and you're right. Yeah, you know, we did get the Dark Multiverse, which is exciting. You know, there's some potential in there. And the, uh, the one shots that they did, some of them were really fun. Um, but yeah, outside of that element, it's kind of like, okay, well, you know, just call it Elseworlds. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so anyways, yeah, moving along. Uh, Joker, Killer Smile, part three of three will come to a conclusion. So this was the, if I remember correctly, I think it's Jeff Lemire. Uh, this is his wild Joker story. So I'm sure with um, people loving the uh, 
the the take of the Joker movie, this might be right up their alley if you're trying to maybe dip your toe in the foot of comic books and see what's going on. Uh, Justice League number 41, speaking of that big book, Justice League 41 will be out, and this is actually now the run by Robert Vendetti. Uh, so he will be taking over, and it's basically the Justice League look like they're going to be fighting a lot of robot stuff along with... Uh, the Eradicator Superman. It's kind of a bummer. I liked him. Like mm. he was definitely my favorite out of the four Superman. And now he's just total villain, like total lackey, total villain. I'm like, oh, that's a shame. It's, it feels like everybody had their own version of like what the Eradicator was supposed to be. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously, there's the original. Like, just go with that. The computer program that was sent with the uh, the baby, but. After that, it's like, is he a messenger? Is he a guardian? Is he, you know, is yeah. he a, a police force kind of robot thing? It's just, it's all over the place. Yeah, they keep changing him up. It's just whatever they need, which is the same because he was something else. But yeah, uh, let's see. What else do we got? Um Oh, okay. So yeah, uh, well, Legion of Superheroes will be out as well. So this is Brian Michael Bendis going into the future. So we get to see all the crazy shenanigans he's doing there. Metal Men, part five of 12. So this is Dan Didio doing uh, his 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 run on the Metal Men. That's kind of taking the idea of the nth Metal Man and things like that. Uh, again, this is another book I would stress maybe keep an eye out for because Dan Didio is very high in DC Comics. So if he's got an idea, he might be planting seeds in there as well. <coughs> Nightwing hits issue 69 and it sounds like uh, the final days of Rick Grayson are going to be, you know, counting down. Uh, Rick is starting to discover a lot more about what's going on and like why he is the way he is because the Court of Owls definitely manipulated some of his uh, therapy to come back. So that's going to start coming to a conclusion, which is exciting. I've, I've, I've stuck through it and I'm glad it's starting to pick up. Uh, Superman smashes the clan part three of three. So this will conclude uh, the uh, revisitation of the adventures of Superman uh radio show that basically had the actual people behind the scenes trying to do the best wow. they can to thwart the Ku Klux Klan by exposing their plans. Uh, not only did that, you know, affect real life, but also in terms of Superman mythos, you know, that's where they started playing with the idea that Superman is an alien, like really focusing on it, not just the quick blurb. Uh, it, the kryptonite was introduced and a lot of new elements. Superman flies for the first time. Wasn't there a, a Superman book that was called it might have been a one shot it might have been a elseworld but it was called uh, superman strange visitor yes i do remember that title um god i can't think about what happened but yes i do remember that yeah and th- that one focused a lot on on him being alien right i think so um superman strange visitor no it was strange visitor was that uh that 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 uh landis max landis wasn't that his book Ooh. No, that was about alien. Superman. No, that was American Alien. American Alien, yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, yeah. There's there was definitely something like that where yeah they kind of played with the idea of you know what, what's going on with. Um, I remember that one 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 shot book where it's Superman and Batman, and then they have traditional like little green men aliens show up, <laughs> and there he's like trying to deal with it, and in Superman or was it Batman's like oh, I don't believe in that, and he's like but I, I am an alien kind of <laughs> thing. I don't. I don't remember what the book was was about, but I just remember that. I, anyways, sorry. Yeah. No, but it, uh, it's it's really interesting stuff, and so I've been enjoying this. Like I, I've actually been uh, doing the reviews for this one, and I'm I'm working through the third issue as of this recording. But it's it's very fun. The art is really beautiful. Uh, what it takes me to is the idea of. Kind of like when, oh God, I just lost Matt Wagner. So he was doing this like writing and drawing, and he did this, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, uh, run of, 
like golden age Batman stories. And he basically kind of put them in a newer style and they almost had like an animated look just because of his, his style, you know? And I, I think it was great. Really, really fun stuff. And so I kind of put this story akin to that because again, it's taking some golden age elements and, and playing with it. So yeah, definitely I'd recommend it. Uh, there'll probably be a collected edition. So, you know, pick it up that way you get the whole thing. Uh, Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen issue eight of 12 will be out. Teen Titans 39 Titans burning rage number seven to seven. This will continue or this will also finish the, um, the, the, the Walmart giant series that's out there. Wonder twins issue 12 of 12 will be out. <laughs> Wonder woman, dead earth. Number two of four. Uh, this is kind of, a Wonder Woman in a just crazy, just a crazy dead earth <laughs> and how she's surviving and everything that's going on with that. And then also Wonder Woman giant number three will be out as well. But that dead earth is a four part mini. Uh, yes, yes it is. Okay. Yeah. So uh, really good stuff. I know Steven, one of our uh, geek elite media people, uh, he definitely really loved the first issue. I think he even was trying to get you to read it or mm-hmm. give it to you. So did, did have you checked it out yet? What I haven't think? checked it out yet. And he did, he did give it to me as a gift and uh, I need to read it, which then would mean I'd have to read the other four when they come out. So I'm surprised that the second one just now came out. Like, yeah, well, yeah. Cause that was back in, in like December. So, so it must uh, be a quarterly book, something it's, it's definitely something, but I, I think it took off more than they thought it would. Mm. So it's kind of like, okay, like let's really pump some stuff into this. Let's check it out because yeah, when that thing hit, like, you know, he, he gravitated towards a lot of good stuff there. So yeah. All right, let's see. Flipping over to the other side of the fence over at Marvel Comics, we have 2020 Machine Man, number one of two. So obviously we are in the year 2020, and Marvel's taking advantage of the fact that they had an Iron Man 2020 back in like the mid-80s. So he's back, and he's doing some crazy stuff, and it's been a big crossover between Iron Man, Forceworks, and other various machine-related heroes. Amazing Mary Jane, issue five, will be out to uh, take on the adventures of Mary Jane as she's on her own in Hollywood. Atlantis Attacks, number two of five. So if you want to find out what's going on with Namor, and all his crazy shenanigans this is the book that's going on there what would you do with namer if you if you were like editor marvel editor comes to you and says hey i i need something done with namer what, what would be your big storyline because i feel like he's an interesting nut to crack because what do you do with him we, we've seen him as the hero, the hero when, the when villain, he's the defender the yeah. yeah you know he's been the villain when he's uh you know the, the, the seas versus the 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 land but and then he's also been the, a mutant and he's part of the the mutant cause and stuff like that but like what would you personally want to do with namer if you had the opportunity i think honestly i would i i think he needs a redemption arc okay uh just because ever since you know he got the phoenix five power okay mm-hmm. so he he went crazy mad with that and took on wakanda and that's what put him and black panther on a situation uh, even Captain America kind of like, and you know, obviously I'm a Cyclops fan, so <laughs> I thought it was totally unfair that Cap gives him a free pass yet is, you know, berating everybody else. Um, Namor then after that joined the dark Illuminati, um, during the secret wars and he was with Thanos and other people and they decided to go cause there was these incursions. So two Marvel universes would crash into each other. One world would live. So Thanos and other people decided to go proactive and they would go to these other words and destroy it first. Uh, so Namor was a part of that. So he's just been on a villainous streak. And even then, like I was watching some of the stuff, um, 
They did a Defenders, I think, four or five part miniseries not too long ago last year. Uh, and that was kind of setting Namor up for like what he's going through, crazy stuff there. Chip Zardaski just did a 12-issue run of Invaders. It was actually a really fun story, and that's what got me excited a little bit about Namor. But Namor was going nuts there. like He's basically making a plan to be like, all right, let's make the Earthlings be Atlanteans as well. Mm. So they're part of the fish folk. Uh, and... I, I don't know. Like I, I was continue, I was tempted to follow it, but this Atlantis attacks, it just didn't gravitate towards me. I didn't care for it, but I feel like this is going to be setting up more of his fall. Maybe this will be his redemptive arc, but that's what I'd have to do. I'd have to put him through redemption where it's like, okay, he's got to do something to get back in the good graces of people because you're right. He's a world war two veteran. The people aren't going to remember that when he recently turned a, like a California town into a bunch of, you know, blue skinned water breathers. Right. You know, they're going to just remember that. So, yeah, that, that's that's the plan I'd go for. Hmm. OK. I mean, I honestly, I would just I would just make the mandate like if he's going to be a hero, he needs to be a hero for the next X amount of years, 15 right. years. Like we need to just push that agenda if he's going to be a villain he needs to be a villain for the next 15 years like it it just needs to be consistent for me as a reader to be like to care like if you wanted to do namer tries to take over the the earth because earth is 70 percent water and he should you know he's the king of the seas so he should know best like let me have that but then don't try and be at the end oh well he was actually being taken over by uh, Sebastian Shaw or some shit, you know what I mean? Right. I, I just I would love it if they just like went full force into either he him trying to be a despot or him trying to be a uh, a hero. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Like it's the flippity floppity. I mean, it's not entirely bad. No, but it is kind of like, well, where do we stand? What's going on? You know, because they just they keep changing it so much, and it's like, well, I don't know how to think about this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, especially too, I think with the movie coming. I'm pretty sure we're gonna see um, we're gonna see probably a set focus. Yeah, you know, um, and I would just say like I'd say yeah. I think it, it you've got to go one way or the other, hero or villain. Don't try it for the antihero because Marvel's got a lot of antiheroes, a lot of them. So I don't think we need that as much, you know. So yeah, but no, it, it, it definitely it's gonna be an interesting time for Namer. You know, he's obviously got a lot of focus on the publications. Um, I don't know if the rumor is true or not about the, you know, Marvel Studios getting the rights back. Right. But, you know, it sounds like he's on radar. So we'll we'll see see what happens. We'll we'll have to see. Yep. All right. So marching along, uh, we have Captain America issue 19 out, which continues the Tenesti Coates run. Uh, Captain Marvel number 15 is out, which is a hot book right now with this whole star situation. Daredevil 18 will be out. I am super hyped for this series. I cannot rant and rave enough about it. Um, Chip Zardaski, like uh, Chip Zardaski and Tom Taylor, those two guys need to write the DC Marvel crossover book. Ooh. Like I'm, I'm stating it now. I just it just came to me, but this book, what we're reading in Daredevil right now, like there's seminal moments. Like they recently did that with uh, the X Men when Jonathan Hickman took over, and they're like, you know, this would be like picking up X Men number one by Stan and Jack. This would be like picking up Giant Size X Men number one. This would be like picking up, you know, like those seminal moments. And to me, like I look at this, and it's like, yeah, what we've got going on with Chip Zardaski, Jorge Fornes, um, and uh, Marco Cicero. It is amazing. Like this is, you're picking up an era of Daredevil. Like I akin this to like Frank Miller being on the book, the good side of Frank Miller, you know, it's just fantastic. What, what these people are doing to Daredevil as a character and visually it's mind blowing stuff. So go out there, get those back issues by the trades 
you are in for a ride. It nice. is insane. So yeah, this this newest issue, issue eighteen, like last. So I'm going to give a spoiler. I, I, I um, so it ended. The issue ended, and so Matt Murdock is no longer Daredevil because he feels so guilty. He caused a death. And um, all hell that I'm just going to plug it. Go to adventuresinpoortaste.com. And I wrote a big Daredevil article, so it, it kind of gives you the forecap. But anyways, in this last issue, like he winds up seeing the mother of the, the, the guy that he accidentally killed. And she knows. Like She told him, she's like, I know you're Daredevil. I know what happened. I know how my son was. I'm mad, but I see the way you're carrying the guilt, and I forgive you. Wow. Wow. That, and that's like the first three pages of the book. And you're just like, Oh my God. Um, and so Matt is feeling a little bit better, more confident. He goes to confront the newest villains, the Stromwin siblings. And these people are horrible because they're not straight up politicians. They're the constituents, the rich constituents. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. It's insane. And so like they're having a masked party, a masquerade party, Matt shows up and you know, he's, he's not ready to be daredevil yet. And so he confronts them and they're like, we know who you are and we don't care. Mm. You know, and they just kind of, snap their fingers all of a sudden the party starts like guests are leaving and they're like yeah we know what you're gonna do and we're pissed off that you're getting in the way of our plans for hell's kitchen so here's our guards and if we kill you we kill you mm -hmm. and he's worried because he's like oh god i don't want to hurt people so he manages to narrowly escape and then the, the, the siblings are walking out and they're getting in their limo and they're like oh i guess you know these hired guards they're not good enough we got to get somebody better who's that one guy the one guy who never misses um oh yeah bullseye mm -hmm. it's like oh my god this is gonna lead to a bullseye daredevil confrontation so yes hopefully uh i'm sure it'll be probably the last page cliffhanger but it's just yeah i can't rant and rave enough about this so anyways pick it up uh deadpool number three is out continuing the new series there dr doom number four got a second printing excalibur number five is getting a second printing fallen angels number five is getting a second printing so again some more hot books coming out of marvel fantastic four will be hitting issue 19 ghost spider will be at seven the new guardians of the galaxy will be getting its second issue i enjoyed the first issue um I think it did a great job. I, I can't remember who's writing it right now. I think actually it's Tenesti Coates as well. Uh, the writer did such a great job of injecting a lot of humanity in like, not, I guess I shouldn't say humanity per se, but character into these, these characters, these superheroes like Nova, you can see this guy is hurting and it's like, it makes sense. I mean, this guy's been through like three galactic wars. He's seen friends die. He's witnessed worlds die and he's been trying everything he can to save it. So it's just like, Oh my God, this is a book where the war is heavy and it's weighing on people. So it's very, very wild stuff. Uh, Marauders issue eight will be out. Marvel Masterworks, the uncanny X-Men volume 12 will be out. Uh, I love the Masterworks series. I've actually been lucky enough. I've collected all the X-Men books so far, uh, both regular and uncanny. And this is John, or sorry, this is, uh, Chris, Chris Claremont. Uh, this time he'll be teaming up with such artists as John Romita Jr., Arthur Adams, Barry Windsor Smith, and Dave Cochran is back. Uh, this will feature a lot of, lot of amazing issues inside here. Uh, uncanny X-Men 194 to 200. Uh, X-Men Annual Number 9, The New Mutants Special Edition, so basically the first appearance of that team, and Nightcrawler, the miniseries 1 through 4, and a, a snippet from Bizarre Adventures. Uh, these were amazing comics back in its day, so it's exciting to get to sit down and read them in you know in hand. Uh, we also have Marvel's Black Widow Prelude number two, to two, number 2 of 2, so if you're trying to get some secrets of the movie before the movie launches, that may or may not happen here, because the Prelude books are weird. All this will probably be is like, <laughs> hey, we're, we're putting uh, Marvel's Avengers Endgame into print, you know. Uh, Marvel's Voices number one will be out. So this is a new series. Uh, they're getting a lot of 
writers to come together and and share minority voices of what's going on. So um, it, it looks like it's going to be really wild. So there's uh, Marvel's acclaimed podcast series focusing on the telling of stories of diverse creators and their unique perspectives becomes a one shot of brand new adventures. The X-Men find their place in the world after clearing a new nation. Killmonger strikes. Moon Girl and De- Devil Dino return. So a lot of unique characters uh, going through some struggles and we get to see what's going on with that. New Mutants issue 7 will be out. Revenge of the God. Cosmic Ghost Rider number three of five will be out as well. I love how Cosmic Ghost Rider just goes from miniseries to miniseries to miniseries. <laughs> just make it a book already. But again, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Star issue one of five will be getting a second printing. Uh, that's how popular this character has gone through. Taskmaster, anything you can do, trade paperback will be out. So the Taskmaster is going to be getting a lot of love because he's going to be in the Black Widow film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this one is basically like... This would be Taskmaster Volume 1. So you're going to get his first appearance way back in Avengers issues 195 and 196, uh, various early editions of him, so you can see how the character began, what he was, and then the growth of what he will become. So pretty wild stuff there if you're a fan. Uh, True Believers, Iron Man 2020, Yokasta number one. So if you want to get the first appearance of the second robot, no, the first robotic woman that Ultron created in the form of Janet Van Dyne who became a hero, you can get that right there and see how that goes out. Uh, Uncanny X-Men by Carrion Gillian, uh, the Complete Collection Volume 2 is out. His run was phenomenal. I enjoyed it. Uh, Valkyrie Jane Foster, number eight, will be out. Uh, here's a big book that's probably going to blow everybody's mind. Wolverine, number one. That's right. <laughs> uh, we are in the post-Hickman era. Or sorry, we are in the Hickman era of X-Men. So now Wolverine is finally getting his own book. So we get to see what's going on. And last but not least, X-Force issue five gets a second printing. And that's what's on your spinner rack. That is a full spinner rack. So, uh, yeah. So like we were talking about, Batman. Yep. The loves of his lives. Life, lives, loves, loves lives. The love of his, uh, his uh, volumes. <laughs> uh, it's it's a long list. It. I mean, I think everybody comes comes around to him having to eventually end up with Selena Kyle with Catwoman. Like people like the idea of you know the Batman and the Catwoman like being a couple. Yeah, I think it's I think it's just because a lot of us grew up with Batman Returns. That's true. And we're of that age now, so that's where that's happening. And pre-crisis, uh, it's the two of them get together and they have Huntress, right? Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's that, that was a thing. That was their history. Um, but there have been other women. There have been, been a lot. <laughs> <laughs> who are some of the other, you know, uh, ladies of Batman that you've enjoyed? I guess for me, honestly, the one that I kind of gravitate towards, and this was an interesting thing. So uh, DC Comics... They were trying this experiment with, um, oh my God, like Payless and Revco, those little drugstores. So they'd have these three comics for 99 cents. So they were just wrapped up and whatnot. And so every now and then I could get one. Um, and you'd get these three issues. So like Batman, our detective, and these comics. And they were second printings and all that stuff. But it really took me back because if I remember correctly, I think it was Vicky Vale. Uh, she obviously like she was a golden age character. Um, she had a little bit of interest in there, basically kind of like a Lois Lane knockoff. Uh, but that was it. But then when the movies happened and they decided to use Vicky Vale, so then the comics like, okay, let's get that synergy going and bringing her back. And I just thought it was great because to me, when I was reading those books, Bruce Wayne was a person. Like you could see Bruce going through these struggles, like, oh my God, you know, this and that. And, you know, trying to, you know, 
like protect the woman he loves, but at the same time trying to keep her away from the world of Batman. Uh, so I thought that was great. I really enjoyed her. Uh, I'm always intrigued by Silver St. Cloud. Uh, she had a big run in the 70s. Uh, Marshall, oh man, I can't think of their names, but the the creative behind that, like that's honestly why we have a lot of Batman the Animated Series. A lot of the stuff they did in that run was just huge. Um, Silver so- St. Cloud, if, if I remember correctly, in Kevin Smith's yep. book, yeah, Kills Lightning Her, right? Guider, yeah. And we still haven't gotten the conclusion of that. The third book, right? Yeah, because he did three of them. So it's the Cacophony. First one, yeah, Cacophony, then Widening Geyer or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and then it was supposed to be the third volume. And what's horrible is, yeah, like volume one kind of puts the two together, brings her back into his life. And then Batman's like, oh my God, what should I do? You know, and then finally in volume two, he's like, I don't care. I'm Bruce Wayne. I'm Batman. And she's like, I knew, you know, and I still love you. And, you know, Batman's finally going to find happiness. And when Batman is about to smile, what happens? He turns around and he sees cacophony is that his name no i'm on onomatopoeia yeah like kills her yeah just straight up kills her and it's like what <sighs> and that's the last page the last panel of the last issue and we don't know what's going to happen next <laughs> and we probably never will yeah. knowing kevin smith yeah that's a bummer because he did that to me with batman the target and he did that with this one it's like both of those are fascinating was it stories. batman the target i thought it was no they had nightwing the target as well but there is daredevil the target daredevil yeah, yeah that's what daredevil. i thought it was daredevil so, okay yeah, daredevil the target and that was like it's supposed to be a two-issue miniseries and we got issue one yeah <laughs> so yeah no um yeah silver saint cloud i like you see her in other things, like she showed up in uh, Gotham as a young yeah, woman. Yeah, played with her there too. Yeah, a teenager. So, uh, any other ones? There's one I can't remember her name, but it was it was during the story Batman Year Two, and Batman like you wind up like they created this character. I think they called him the Grim Reaper. So he wore this like red leather body armor thing. He had the skull face and the big sickle hand. So think. Um, Oh my God, that's another one. I want to talk about her in a second then, so I got two now. Um, But anyways, so this guy was like, he was supposed to be the hero in between Alan Scott's Green Lantern days and till Bruce Wayne's Batman days. Okay. So he was the one patrolling Gotham City and he was just like a hardcore punisher. Uh, He was just horrible. Uh, He'd gut people, kill them, and his brand of justice was just hardcore. Turns out he had a daughter. And Bruce Wayne winds up meeting this daughter. He meets, you know, the the father as well. The three of them are bonding. But because Batman's ever the the detective that he is, he winds up discovering that her father is the Grim Reaper and the Grim Reaper's returned. Uh, Rachel Caspian is her name. So anyways, those two just fell in such beautiful love. And it's a great, it's a great series, Batman Year Two. Uh, It often gets overshadowed because mostly people stick with Year One. Year Two and Year Three, go get them. They're great. Uh, But so anyways. But that story was adapted for Mask of the Fan. A little bit, yeah. A they little they bit. took some elements from it, and that's yeah, that's what, that's what you were going to go for, yeah. Andrea Beaumont, I think, was her name. Um, it's just that it's just that tragic love where it's like they both love each other, but their their quest for vengeance takes them away, and that's what makes it hurt. You yeah, know? it's like man, you know, that's it's painful stuff. Um, but anyways, going back though with Rachel, uh, Rachel Caspian, like she she winds up finding out about her father, and so the thing is, before like what brought her back to Gotham was she was actually going to be a nun. And she met Bruce Wayne and was like, no, I think I want to like, I want to love, I want to live. So those two are going to find happiness. But then all of a sudden when she discovers about her father, she's like, I have to be a nun and Bruce doesn't stand in her way. And of course that makes him even more the ever lonely dark night. (laughs) Uh, So for me, um, I, 
I've, I've talked about it a bunch of times on this on podcast. I love the idea of Batman and Zatanna together. Right. I, for some reason to me, that is a different Bruce. The one that was on his journey to become the, the Batman, I guess, right. You know, he had, he went and he, uh, traveled with Zatara and his daughter Zatanna and learned escape artistry and, uh, prestidigitation i can't i can never say that word uh but you know the the theatrics of what he needs to be to be batman not because it's one thing to know how to kick everybody's ass it's another thing to kick everybody's ass but then also do it in a way so that people don't think of you as being just a you know being the playboy he's gotta be more than just a man yeah um so zatanna has always been a love of bruce's that i thought would be great that he, he could go back to. Yeah, I did enjoy that. Like, I remember that from Batman the Animated Series, and it was. It was such a sweet, beautiful love, and I think what was neat about that, or at least in my opinion, and I think you'll probably echo that as well, is I feel like that's one of the last times we got to see Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Because even when Zatanna meets him later on, like, she's not talking to who she was talking no. to. Like, he's just full-on Batman now, and it's like, oh, and you know, a shame. And you know it was him, like, at that time, he was like, he had to, he had to shut away that, affection that he had for her because if he got trapped in that at that moment he never would have went through with the rest of his mission his mission yeah so uh, that's the way i've always felt about that one um i've also and i i know i'm sticking to just like the the heroes but i i like the idea of batman and wonder woman ending up together like i think that's a fun one too i i think that's a interesting idea like she respects him so much for the job that he does, like the, that he goes out there as a mortal man and, and puts his life on the line. And then he just respects how great she is at what she does, being the, you know, being a warrior, being a princess, being, uh, you know, intelligent as she is. Like, yes, she would outlive him, but him getting to grow old with her and, yeah. and learning from her. Well, would, her getting to value him because of his limit mm-hmm. you know yeah no i i agree i think that's a neat relationship uh i often feel bad though for wonder woman because like i'm glad steve trevor's a thing again uh-huh but it felt like for a while there like with you know the justice the jla that book it was like hey let's get aquaman and wonder woman together hey let's get yeah. superman and wonder woman together yeah. hey let's get but batman and wonder woman was neat and i like that yeah because it's like here's a man holding his own with a god, a goddess, you know, and it's like that's awesome, and you know, it's definitely genuineness. It's it's respect. It's mutual respect, and it's like that's that's really cool. Yeah, like we what was it? What was it in Tom King's uh, uh, Batman oh, one when, when they, they had to go to that, that other pocket planet? dimension? Yeah, or something pocket like dimension yeah. or whatever, and they had to spend what hundreds of years yeah. together, but it still wasn't because he never aged, and they just battled over and over. I don't know. That was weird. I was <laughs> I was like, ooh, that's that's weird. That's a weird tie-in but there's those other ep- issues of like justice league where you see glimpses of the future and the two of them are together or stuff like that right right yeah so that that, that was something I always i always thought was cool yeah i thought that was a neat another one that i know doesn't i don't even think she exists in the world anymore but <laughs> she was pre-flashpoint uh it was at a time when what was it wayne enterprises wanted batman to have a bodyguard so oh, sasha okay. Bordeaux. Yeah, she so like he she kind of figures it out that he's Batman, and then he's like, "Well, if you're gonna come along, you, you I have to train you." And like in the intimacy of them training each other, or him training her and her learning, or however you want to put it, you know, they eventually 
form a bond. Yeah. They be, they become romantically involved uh, to the point where she gets infected with the OMAC. Yeah, she became uh, a virus or whatever. OMAX, yeah. yeah, so she was working for Max Lord of uh, God. What's that agency? Check, uh, Check, checkmate. checkmate. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, then she became a big part of checkmate and she had to erase her identity and like batman doesn't even know that she's alive because she looks different i believe even yeah, I to a she point changed a little bit yeah yeah so I, I liked her character i liked her run her little run uh i you know i honestly i would like to know who it is that that created her i want to say greg rucka created by greg rucka and sean martinborough martin yeah, brown so would have been the artist yeah yeah so don't know how many issues she's actually in but detective comics 751 December 2000 her first appearance that I mean I don't know I just enjoyed her and the idea I mean it's funny that if you were a watcher of Arrow yeah. kind of the same thing happened not the same thing happens the bodyguard part of the thing happens where Arrow you know Oliver Queen Queen consolidates like oh you're gonna need a bodyguard because there's people out here trying to kill you and you know Diggle comes along becomes his bodyguard figures out that he's Arrow and uh it's like no I'm gonna be here i'm supposed to protect you i'm supposed to be your buddy kind of thing and right. and now i'm trained being trained by him but now hearing that because i didn't watch that show so would you say going just the arrow tangent real quick does it seem like oliver queen and diggle are they just tony stark and james rhodes uh like, is there a parallel there there is definitely a parallel though you're you're absolutely right um i did draw this parallel for myself when i was watching that show was that obviously the oliver queen in that show is not like the Oliver Queen you read in the comic book. Right. And he doesn't he doesn't end up with Dinah Lance like you see in the comic book. Yeah. It's not Dinah and Ollie. And they even the Dinahs that they have on that show aren't like the Dinah that's in the comic book to a degree. Yeah, they take a lot of liberty with her character. So when you really wanted to see that Oliver and Dinah relationship, you had to watch Diggle and his wife uh Oh, Harbinger. Harbinger, yeah. Why do I Lila. Keep, Lila, thank you. I don't know why I always forget her name. But yes, the, those two, I think those were, they. that's where I got my classic Ollie and Dinah relationship. Because like, the two of them, when they would be fighting together, like it would be, it'd be perfect joking, but harmony kind of thing. Like they don't, they don't really fret it, but they know that they can handle themselves kind of thing. Right. So, yeah. so uh sasha was a was an interesting one of mine but what are some of the other interesting love lives of bruce wayne would you like to just go down the list or do you want to yeah well, let's see so oh, I, I forgot I, talia talia i like i like the idea of talia <laughs> that's a big one yeah yeah uh, the daughter of the demon's head yeah talia the cool. mother of his child the mother of his child so obviously at some point they they had quite the affection for each other even though it's like isn't that damien is is the product of kind of like he was unconscious or he didn't even know he was drugged. Yeah, or depending like that. on how you read it. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, they, 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 yeah, they acquired some of his DNA and yeah, <laughs> they uh, made a baby, <laughs> test tube baby, you know. So um, let's see. Let's first thing that they have on the Wikipedia is Selena Kyle. Well, here's a big one that I went through real quick, just real quick. Julie yeah. Madison. I don't know that name. Uh, yeah, she was a big one. Like she, and they even brought her back recently. Like I, uh, she came back at Scott Snyder's, like the end of his new 52 run on Batman. Okay. Uh, she was a golden age character. She was great. The thing I liked about her, well, she would definitely be the first, but what I liked about her, um, if you go back to, I think it was Batman's or Superman, Batman generations, mm -hmm. the mother that they, they had always kind of masked her face and stuff like mm -hmm. that. I think that's who they were implying. Oh, was. okay. 
So that's John Byrne's secret fascination. <laughs> um, but no, she was great. Uh, but I think it's just, it kind of, you know, it's like, well, it's just another Lois Lane ripoff. So let's get rid uh, of her. Okay. You know, that's why her and Vicki Vale faded off to obscurity. Right. Cause there was another, I mean, they already had, they had, they have Lois Lane and they also have uh flash's wife. Oh, Iris. Iris. Yeah. Iris I mean, West. another, another reporter. It's like, could you not come up with another, occupation for you know these women <laughs> well, but they did a good job though like if you think about it though looking at some of that stuff because i know there's a lot of like sometimes people look at comics and they're like oh they were so low brow back then it's like no actually there was a lot of progressiveness for women oh yeah yeah it did because like okay so she's an ace reporter cool um carol ferris you know she was running there ferris you go Aircraft. yeah uh jean lorning she was a lawyer a very successful lawyer to the point that when she divorced the adam she took everything <laughs> but uh you know like uh Shira hall of hawkman hawk hawkwoman fame you know she was an archaeologist curator as well mm-hmm. so i mean they did have a lot of great stuff but well, you're yeah. right sometimes it does fall into like oh well we'll make them and reporter work because it's like well how else could you get there yeah because you're also you know? they're always in the know or at least yeah. that's what it's supposed to be and yeah I, I get it but uh yeah i mean but yeah a, there could have been different ways i about mean it, you, know? you have you have barbara eventually becomes a librarian like it's that's <laughs> not the best one for her she liked it but yeah no i'm not saying anything about librarians but it's, it's well, it definitely. I think it helped to to do that though. That one eighty where it's like here she is, mousy Barbara Gordon, yeah, you know, hair in a bun, wearing the glasses. But then at night, you know, she becomes a creature of the darkness. I'm <laughs> <laughs> fair. That's fair. Yeah. So who else do we have? So yeah, yeah, Julie. Uh, she was one. Then obviously that leads next to Catwoman. Uh, I thought Catwoman was great. Obviously, I think just the visuals. That's what helps sell it. You know, they're both, you know, these loners in the night. So. Obviously, I didn't read start reading comic books till after I watched the animated series and after I watched uh, Batman Returns the movie. Both of those have a blonde Catwoman. Yes. So when I first saw Clint, Selena Kyle in the comic books, I was like, "Why is she brunette? I don't understand it." But she'd <laughs> always been brunette, right? Pretty much. Like honestly, I can't think of any time we saw her in Secret Identity, I mean, unless she was wearing a wig, but I mean, yeah, she's always been a brunette. Um, I just think it was just because of the fact that, hey, we got, we cast Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, of course. So that modeled the look, Batman the Animated Series, because even the Penguin, like that's where he had that weird mutant look. Yeah. You know? So that was definitely taken directly from that. So it's like, that set the tone. But you're right, then you go into the comics, because even even Catwoman had a successful series. Um, God, I can't remember the artist's name, but he's very much known for drawing, you know, pinup, uh, pinup model style. And so, uh, Balent, Jim Balent. Uh, so he was the main artist on this Catwoman book. And yeah, she was always a brunette. And it's like, huh, weird. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but then, yeah. So along with along with the Golden Age, though, you, you had uh, Vicky Vale. So she was a big one. But then now Julie that's a, Sh- not not just a reporter, but a photojournalist. Yeah, she was she was the Jimmy and Lois together. <laughs> you know? Well, because that was the thing, though. She'd always be, you know. I guess you can't say Johnny on the spot. So Janie on the spot, you know, but she'd be there and it was always like, Oh, Batman's unmasked. Let me get that picture. Nope. Too nope. late. You didn't, know? didn't work. Didn't work out. Well, so. you know, you had to wait for those flash balls back in the yeah, day. Right. <laughs> but yeah. So she, uh, when she, was Vicki Vale uncreated? Is she a golden age also? Yeah, or no, she's age? very, no, she's very golden age. Um, first appearance was issue 49 of Batman. So wow. You're probably talking like what Batman appears in 38. So she's maybe like 44, 
Okay. So yeah, so she was very early on, but Julie Schwartz kind of once he took over the Batman books in '64, it was kind of like, eh, you know, let's let's get rid of her, uh, just because they were trying to clean up a lot of the goofiness. Because even then, like Katie Kane, the original Batwoman, they kind of had a relationship. They were trying to build a relationship there with Batman and Batwoman. Now um, we can't do that because they're cousins. Yeah, now it's going to be different. <laughs> uh, but actually, okay, this was interesting. So I'm looking at Vicky Vale's, and it was the '80s books, which was what I was talking about, and it was Jerry Conway, and Jerry Conway. Um, like, I, I, I guess, actually, no, it would be Doug Monick. Uh, Jerry Conway brought her back, and Jerry Conway's famous for killing Gwen Stacy. Oh, so yeah. So he actually, what he giveth, he taketh. Um, <laughs> so he gave us back Vicky Vale. And Doug Monick, uh, he definitely did a lot of stuff. And I thought that was really cool, like, um, that, you know, they, they were having that that struggle of love. I thought that was great. But again, obviously, the movies and whatnot. Um, let's see. So I think those would probably be your big ones of the golden age. Silver age, um, you know, probably at best, you'd, you'd say Talia al Ghul. So back in Detective Comics issue 411. Uh, beautiful Neil Autumn. Neil, oh my God, what kind of, Neil Adams, yeah. Yep. Uh, Neil Adams' work there, uh, co-creator of that. And she she's just a great character. And I, I like that because to me, that one almost feels like the spirit like it's one of those femme fatales, you know, so it's like, okay, so there's a lot of stuff. There. Mm, okay. Um, if you wanted to, I think it was, what was it? Um, God, I can't think of the story that you're talking about where, where Damien and all that stuff comes from. Um, we got to see her in the movie. I thought that was neat. Um, what was it? The Dark Knight Rises? Yes. So I, I thought that was a Yeah, a played by Marianne Cotard. Yeah. Um, I kind of wish they would have made it bigger, though. Yeah, because it it almost felt like she went from being like I love the twist in the review, but I kind of wish they would have done that earlier so we could have seen more of her in power, and right? All that stuff. Um, but let's see what else is there. So there's a lot of little ones like they actually um, played with the idea of Batman and Black Canary, like they were kind of getting mm-hmm. close. Uh, I'd say probably the worst example of their race relationship <laughs> All would Star be All-Star Batman, Batman and Robin, where they had sex behind a dumpster. Uh, that was just weird. Uh, let's see. Now, this is interesting. Well, Harley Quinn has had a crush on Batman as well, so they they played with some ideas there. Um, and then, you know, in the movie, the recent Birds yeah. of Prey movie, we know that she has a crush on that sexy billionaire Bruce Wayne. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite ones, and... It's just, it's a horrible example of love, but you know, sometimes the, these things happen. You meet people that aren't well for you. Uh, Jezebel Jet. So we were talking about this before recording started. So Grant Morrison came onto the Batman books. Bam. He just explodes onto the page. Um, and he introduces this character, Jezebel Jet. And she's just this wealthy woman, you know, world renowned and all this stuff. And they're getting so close. It's like, wow, this actually, this might be something, you know, like. It's exciting and whatnot. And then, you know, secretly you find out she's working for the Black Glove. She's helping to kill Bruce. And this leads all the way up to Batman R.I.P. And I love it because there's this panel. And so I'm going to share it like I shared it with you. I just thought it was great that they think they've killed him. And then he somehow survives. And he's the Batman of Zen and R. And he's acting all weird and crazy. But before, you know, like he's totally done, you know, um, 
like he confronts her and he's like, I know, you know, or she confronts him actually, I guess. And she's like, you know, she's just mocking him and all that stuff. And it's like, well, who cares if you survived? It doesn't matter. You know? And she says, because I was the last Bruce Wayne, you'll never love anyone again. You'll never trust any woman ever again. And it's tough because you're like, yeah, dude, like he fell in love with her. And I just love his reply. Like love congratulate Alfred on the acting lessons. It's like, what? He played her. Oh my God. You know, the twist was deep in that one. So I thought that was great. Now, who was the love interest? Because that sounds very familiar to the love interest that was part of the uh, Court of Owls, wasn't I'm not too... She's the daughter of the Grand Master or something like that? Something like that. I think they did that, yeah, like where she was obviously luring him in for a relationship, but I, I can't say I remember that. I, I read Court of Owls once. I mean, it's a good story, <laughs> but I've only read it the one time. That's fair. That's um, fair. Like, but, because there's... The, I don't know. There's a couple of people in here. Like, I don't know who Linda Page is. Um, yeah, I remember the name, but I can't say I recognize, recognize. And then I never, I didn't know about a Julia Pennyworth. I was just looking at that one too. Yeah. So Julia Pennyworth. So till their most recent episode of Batwoman, but yeah, or not so, recent episode, but one of the most well, recent. Well, but she's such a weird character too. So like they, they introduced her in the eighties. Um, you know, just because again, they didn't have any female characters at the time. So it's like, Oh, let's do that. You know, the daughter of Alfred. Ooh. <laughs> forbidden fruit uh so they played with her being around and whatnot but she she's one of those ones where they kind of toss her aside a lot you know like they just don't know what to do with the character because it's like oh well now that makes alfred too old you know it's like no it's perfectly fine but then it also makes alfred a horrible guy that's the one why are you not there raising her you you, you stuck around for bruce wayne why didn't you bring your daughter in you know so stuff like that so they 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 ditch her they bring her back they ditch her they bring her back uh most recently i would say probably new 52 she appeared there and like bruce was secretly training her as well Mm, so she was working on some stuff um yeah crazy crazy stuff there uh let's see linda page well i guess that's why we don't know much about her she was more the uh she was in the batman serials of 1943 oh okay that's where that happens one that was fun and so using this i forgot about that the new batman adventures when that series crossed over so when batman moved to kids wb and it crossed over with superman and they did that world's finest i thought that was cool when bruce and lois were getting close yeah, I remember that, that. Yeah, that was fun. Like, I just, like, if you want to see what Batman versus Superman should have been, just go watch that. Like, it's somewhere online. You can go buy a DVD copy. It's well worth it. And that one was just perfect. And you know what it is? I always thought that that kind of worked for me, but it was because I grew up with uh, Lois and Clark in the New Adventures of Superman, where right. Lois was in a relationship with that the Lex Luthor on that show. So to me, like, yeah, why wouldn't she also uh, at some time, some point have a relationship with Bruce Wayne, another billionaire that, you know, lives an awesome life and is really cool. Yeah. Um, Oh God. Okay. Well, going to that, I know we're talking Batman, but God, I just, I loved that Lois and Clark, the new adventures. Of yeah. Superman. Um, She's just the drama of it. And yeah, that, that longing that Superman always has for Lois. Like I always remember that when Lois says yes to Lex, like either for the engagement or they're dating and then right. Superman flies out into the Arctic and he's like, no, <laughs> just such a great visual. Um, but yeah, no, but anyways, go back, back to Batman. Um, Batman. Yeah. So I just, I thought that was great. Uh, let's see. There's just like, yeah, they'll, they'll definitely have these, these women of story arcs and stuff like that. Um, I did like the fact that sometimes Pamela Isley, the poison Ivy, like she would definitely come after Batman. I always thought that was, see, neat. I don't remember any of those stories. They were rare. I, I would say, so a question for you. Did you ever read a lot of Batman legends of the dark Knight? I, I do remember getting those books. I, I swore I read them. So maybe, but I wonder like, 
then I'd have to say like maybe when the series first started, okay. not necessarily towards because when it first came out, it was like it's the missing adventures of Batman. Right. Because when po- when crisis hit and Batman comics went post crisis, they just didn't care. They're like, we're doing our thing. Like, yeah, history changed, but Batman is still Batman. Right. You know? So then they made that fifth book or I guess probably the third book. And it was like, okay, here's, you know, when Bruce went and traveled and he became the shaman and he learned about all these things, the mask of the bat and stuff like that. So I definitely, I enjoyed those types of things. Um, oh God, this is a name I remember. Shonda Kinsolving. Shonda Kinsolving. I'm sure it's pronounced better, but uh, she was interesting because she was around. She was the love interest during um, Nightfall. Oh, so wow. Batman, like obviously with his back being broken, so she came in and uh, she's a a psychic. So she has that that ability, and I forget like she was some kind of therapist, but I don't know if it was like like for the body or for the mind or something like that. But anyway, so those two wound up hitting it off and that was, was, was tough because she got kidnapped. I don't know if it was because of Bane or somebody else took advantage. So she got kidnapped. So that's why when they, like if you ever look at night quest, it had night quest, the crusade and night quest, the search. Right. So that was Bruce Wayne. Like, even though I'm paralyzed, I'm still going to find her. And she definitely helped heal him. Like she helped him through the psychological trauma of it, which also helped enable him to heal physically as well. Okay. But the sad thing about their love was when that was going on and whatnot, her mind got reduced to that of a child. Oh. So you can't really like continue that love. Uh, so that was tough to see because she was such a great character and then they took her off the plane. Uh, remember Vesper Fel- Fairchild? Do you remember that that name? The name sounds so familiar and I know she's- No Man's Land? Uh, yeah, okay. I remember that. And now she's being used on- Batwoman as the voice of the podcast lady that kind of is the narrator of it. Oh, okay. But yeah, I remember her from No Man's Land, but I really don't remember her, if that yeah. makes any sense. So I remember the name. I didn't, like, I, I really wasn't following the Batman books, but it's just interesting looking at her quick bio. This is sad. So she was killed by David Kane, so the father of Cassandra Kane. Oh, that's who died when it was Batman Fugitive. Yep, and exactly. That's what set off the whole thing. Bruce Wayne Fugitive. Bruce, yeah. Bruce Wayne Fugitive, thank you. Yeah, so that was crazy. That's right. I remember that. Ooh, I wonder if they're going to do that in Batwoman, if they're going to end up killing her. Ooh, that's you know, some fates you just can't escape. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so no, but then then they, they talk about, um, oh gosh, uh, Wonder Woman. So that definitely got up. I would say like... Now, did you know about the Becca thing? Now, that I didn't know about. Becca. Becca, no, the wife not. of Orion, the new guy, the one that was in the, uh, what was it, Justice League uh, Gods and Monsters oh, animated movie? I, no, the, oh, okay. The, that's right. Okay. That, the, the animated movie. Yes. Yeah. The one that was Wonder Woman in that. Right. It was, was Becca. So, apparently, according to this list, uh, Becca was at some point romantically involved with Batman. A huh. new god, a new god in Batman. It was Orion's wife. She and Batman had a strong attraction to each other after she rescued him from dark side forces on the planet Tartarus. She was later murdered. Well, that's weird. I nope, not not ringing any bells. <laughs> Doesn't sound like it was those a big relationship. I <laughs> All right, so let's see. It looks like we're we're nearing the end of the list. So something I want to ask you then, because I know you're you're a movie buff. So knowing all the Batmans that you've watched, animated, television, young kid, Gotham, Batman movies, George uh-huh. Clooney, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> who would you say or what would you say is your favorite relationship moment for Bruce Wayne? Oh, my goodness. Batman? Like what what sells it for you? Like uh, I'm guessing it would probably be the Batman Zatanna episode. So I give you that, but I, wanna, I want you to dig go, a little deeper. Go deeper than that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you as much as I don't like the movies – retrospectively retrospectively uh-huh. for um tim burton's two batman movies the the scene between 
Batman and Selena or Bruce and Selena were well when they're first Batman and Catwoman they're like you know was oh, a, a, a kiss under a kiss, mistletoe a kiss, can be deadly or no no oh, po- mistletoe if he's is, po- is eaten is deadly it, it's deadlier if it's under if you kiss under I don't know anyways yeah the moment when they reverse the lines and say it to each other the next time like that's an awesome moment that was cool that's a great moment um you burned me you stabbed me (laughs) (laughs) i don't i the rachel stuff in the the nolan universe never sold me but i did like the selena kyle stuff in the third nolan movie yeah okay like him the two of them dancing and he's she's like uh, There's a storm coming. Yeah, Mr. Storm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they're all you rich people are going to pay. Like, I liked when they they had that back and forth, and then especially when they had the fight on the rooftop against all the other bad guys. Like, it was just another good thing. You know what I'd say though about the Rachel Dawes thing? Because like, I don't know. It, it, like, I love those movies. I love the Nolan trilogy. Yeah, it doesn't stick the landing, mm-hmm. but for what I saw and lived through, I thought it was great. So like. Uh, Rachel felt forced, uh, and no offense to Katie Holmes, like it just she didn't sell me on the character. I was kind of like, ah, eh, whatever. Um, then when uh, Maggie, Hall, yeah, yeah, Maggie played it, like that one made Bruce seem even sadder because it's kind of like you're trying so hard to win this woman. But I think her legacy, though, when she dies and the letter, yeah. oh, that was such a heartbreak moment because when Alfred burns the letter. Yeah, because Bruce is sitting there, so just like like kudos to like. Um, Christian Bale like just man you can make Batman sit be deep you know because Mar our DC hates that but um like he was just sitting there with the cowl in his hand he's like I couldn't save her Alfred everything I did I just I couldn't save her and then Alfred has to take that moment and it's like you know he decides to burn the letter because you know the letter is saying like hey uh even though you may be this great guy I've moved on there's somebody else and hey, well it's also like you know, I know that you'll never be able to yeah, give true, this true. up like, kind you, of thing you like, won't you won't quit being batman you say you will but it will never end but Darkness now this is that. more fuel like cuz he thinks that yes she was going to I was going to give up batman me she was choosing me we were going to go live live together but now I can't because there's so much crime and I can't have you know well, my, my happiness was taken away too so once again just like his parents dying Alfred has to be like, well, this needs to be the more fuel for him to keep doing the yeah, thing that he's doing. I don't want to break his heart even more. <laughs> so, yeah, is there a is there a relationship moment that you super dug? You know, I guess honestly, I would say like you you hit it with Batman and Catwoman. That was just so neat. Uh, they were two sides of the same coin, but different circumstances. But ultimately, I would say I think my favorite is Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. I just I, oh so like, good. God, Andrea Beaumont, like, okay, you know, redheads, whew, thank goodness. Um, but yeah, she was just this great character. And, you know, obviously it took elements from Batman year two, the fact that she could hold her own and everything. It was just like, wow, this was amazing. And for it being a cartoon film, it was so deep and it impactful. was so good. Uh, and I love the fact that she's going to be part of continuity. Like she's going to be making an appearance in Batcat. So I'm oh, yeah, like yeah, very yeah. excited to see what Tom King's going to do there. But that was just a phenomenal moment. Like I was like, wow, this is so cool. Like I, I think that's probably like my favorite on-screen adaptation of a Batman relationship. Because again, too, like, like even then, like I love how, I guess, you know, it's just that tragedy, you know, I, I'm, I'm so compelled by it, but I just love the fact that like, 
you know, even Alfred was happy, you know, like, yes, master Bruce, you, <laughs> you don't have to be Batman. You can love this woman. Life can be great. And then she comes and she's like, Bruce, I have to leave my father and we're leaving. And you know, the engagement ring gets dropped and all that stuff and they leave. And then the music done, 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 done. And you just see him standing there and it's, you know, he becomes Batman and it's like the tragedy of his parents' death. Okay. Yes. It's a trauma. It hurts. But the broken heart takes it even further. And it's like, oh, man, like so heart wrenching. <laughs> you know, it's a little what, eight year old me or something like that. You're like, oh, Batman. You, <laughs> you deserve love, love, Batman. Yeah. Come on. You know, so I just, I thought that was great. So, now, oh, go ahead. Oh, no. You, you oh, okay. Finish your so, thought. Well, no. So now I just want to throw one like, what's a favorite comic book one? So I've got enough to give you to think about. But I'd have to say, I think for me, like my favorite comic book of romance for Batman would have to be Hush. I think that was great. Like what Jeff Loeb did. Well, like building the Bruce Wayne, Selena Kyle relationship. Like, Oh, that's, okay. I that's what meant, brought like, it. He was in love with Hush. Oh yeah. No, that's just, <laughs> Hush is in love with Batman. That's why he was. Oh, he's definitely in love, with, he's in love <laughs> yeah. with Bruce Wayne. Yeah. But, um, no, I just, I thought that was so great. Like the, seeing those moments the watching them run the rooftops together and everything was great. Like that's what helps like make Tom King's run even more romantic yeah. in my mind's eye. But I loved all that stuff, but it was so sad at the end of it. Like so sad, just like when, you know, they're, they're together and Batman's obsession when, you know, she's like, oh, it's okay. Just hush Bruce. And he's like, why would you say that? You know, and it's like, oh man, like we've all been that guy where it's like things are going happy and you stick your foot so far in your mouth, you kick your own ass. So I just thought that was a great one. And well, yeah, in the, in the more recent comic book history, I, I, I would say this stuff Tom King wrote leading up to the wedding was just. Oh, love letters, yeah, great, yeah. love letters is great. But and I've talked about this several times. The date night between oh Clark the, Lois and Batcat, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Fun. it's just such a good time between the 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 four of them, and and I, you know just the way that Lois and and Selena are both sitting there just <laughs> reassuring both of the men in their lives how much they are. They both mean to the world but also mean to their best friend that they don't want to admit is their best yeah. friend like kind of thing like you can acknowledge clark every now and then he seems like a good guy no so but let me give you this my last question is end all say all who does he end up with and oh. or does he end up with somebody so oh god that's tough. So if if it came down to it if I was the editor it's and I could only make the two choices forever alone or Catwoman. That's just it. That's yeah. Those two have always been faded. You know, she was Catwoman. there from the beginning. Um, like, one that I, I really think is neat and it's interesting. And I always consider this the last Batman comic. I think it was Batman annual 20 something, uh, maybe 23, 24. I forget, but it was the Armageddon 2001 crossover Batman annual. Uh, it's got this beautiful, dark, dusty, smoky cover of Batman sitting in a prison cell handcuffed. Um, because what was happening was they were trying to find out who would be Monarch. So wave rider mm. touches people and he gets to see their 10 years in the future. In the future, Batman's starting to get more obsessed, more darker. Uh, Tim Drake has left. He's a Senator now. Um, and then Batman accidentally kills the penguin. So he winds up going to jail. Anarchy comes and he's like, no, you're Batman. You're not staying in jail. Like you didn't do this. Go prove yourself. And you know, Catwoman's out there as well. And she's trying to prove like, you know, like, no, Batman's crazy, but he's not a murderer. And so they're, they're going through all these things. And anyway, so she winds up having this big fight with these uh, mutant werewolf things that the Joker has unleashed. And now the Joker's like on a talk show. Yeah, it's just, it's weird stuff, but it's the last Batman story. I think that's what they even call it. So that's why it's in my mind's eye. But 
essentially Selena just gets her guts ripped out and Batman puts these, these weird werewolf creature guys down and he rushes over to Selena and you know, they share this tender moment. I think they even kiss and she dies during that kiss and then Batman lays her body down and he just like curses the heavens, you know, and then he goes to confront the Joker for that one last time. And it was like, Oh God, that's so good. So that, and then I guess probably Tom King's annual number two would be right up there. But yeah, uh, for me, it's I want to choose happiness, so I'm gonna say he ends up with Catwoman. I'm not gonna make him be alone. No, no, I, yeah, I'm, like my idea is that for some odd reason, fifty yard, fifty years down the line, you know, DC Comics is done. Like we're done. We're we're just we're shutting the doors <laughs> for whatever reason, right? Because the movies are finally successful, yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> and they're just like, okay, everybody writes their last story. Like everybody gets their last story, and that's that, that's what it is. Him and or him and Selena fly off into the sunset together in your picture. Yeah. Now, just before we close, since we're talking bat family, I want to throw one, one in there real quick. Okay. <clears throat> Nightwing. I know we've had this debate. Who do you put Nightwing with? Cause he can get the happy ending. We he can have little could. Nightwing yeah, Jr. Yeah. You know, so who do you, who do you put him with? I, I, I know everybody wants or not everybody. I know a lot of people put him together with Starfire, especially a lot of the younger uh, readers or viewers because of the teen Titan show. But, Right. He has to end up with Barbara to me. Like it's Barbara and Dick, Babs and Dick. It's Nightwing and Batgirl. Like it's just the way it has to be. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Like I I think it's Bar it's ba- it's Babs, Barbs and Bab- <laughs> Barbara. There we go. Um no, I just I, I loved their relationship. Um it's that first love. Like, granted, Superman has that with Lana Lang, but mm-hmm. you know, Lois is where it's really at, and Lana was just an injected thing. But I just, I've always been fascinated by those two. I love that they grew up in superheroics together because that's a shared thing, and mm-hmm. that's that's a big thing that's great with relationships is when you have shared moments. And to me, those foundations are huge. And it's like, you know, like God, now I want to write a Nightwing Batgirl turning points miniseries where you can touch like on those ones. Like the first night they went out in costume together, the night they learned their secret identities, um, you know, stuff like that. And I guess obviously like I think even Batman the animated series kind of cemented those two together in my mind's yeah. eye, just because like when it became the new adventures, that was great. Mm-hmm. Um just I love that moment when he takes off the Robin suit and punches Batman with it and Barbara's <laughs> there and he's like, How could you uh you know, so I just I don't know. But yeah, I agree with you. I mean it's, it's the same Babs. thing with Tim Drake. Tim Drake and spoiler will always be like Tim Drake and 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 Stephanie Brown will just be the couple for me. Like Tim Drake has gone uh, with his, many other women, I mean, she's he's even been with Wonder Girl at yeah. one point. But it, to me, it's it's going to be spoiler. She's going to be the one that he ends up with. Yeah, I see that as well. So the Drake. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that is the third week in our love month. Next week we'll be talking about. Well, we'll go to the we'll go to the Marvel universe. Who's that Bachelor of all time? Well, <laughs> maybe we'll make you guess, or should we tell them now? <laughs> I mean, you're pretty. I think you'll 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 figure it out who is going to be a certain friendly neighborhood hero. Yeah, it'll so be an speak. amazing guess. <laughs> Spectacular episode. If uh, you have any opinions on the dating life of Bruce Wayne, we'd love to hear from you. Please reach out to us. I'm on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia. G E M G E M stands for Geek Elite Media. Chris can also be found online at. So I'm on Twitter as stuff I should say should being spelled S-H-U-D. Um, check out my writings on Geek Elite Media and Adventures in Poor Taste. Hopefully I've got some opinions that you like. Uh, the rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network on our website, geekelitemedia.com. But... 
Until next time, <laughs> this is Imagine If on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. out. This concludes our broadcast. Peace.